0: On today's episode of the podcast, I answer a question for a segment of Ask Rachel. And this question is a really big one. It's all about body image and self-esteem. How can we feel that we are enough the way we are in our bodies, in our appearance, in our hearts and in our souls especially during an age where social media and the internet and technology is such a big part of our lives and influences us not just once in a while but every moment of every day. I share a lot about my own insecurities and things I've struggled with my whole life and my best pieces of advice for how to move through that and arrive at a place of feeling good in our skin the way we are. Hello, 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 my friends, my friends, how are you? Welcome back to the show. I hope you are doing well. I'm sitting here very pregnant still, in this moment of recording anyway, still very, very pregnant, and I'm going to answer another question from you, or maybe a couple of questions. And why are we doing another little little segment here of Ask Rachel I'm really recording this episode right here as a big, big exclamation of self care. I so want to give myself some grace for my postpartum time, some ease, some softness, and I know the moment I have this baby, <laughs> I'm going to feel this big longing and yearning to immediately come to the podcast and tell you all about it. And I probably will, you know, fairly fairly shortly after, as soon as I feel ready to share. But I really wanted to have at least, you know, a week or two of episodes here on the show that I have pre-recorded so that if the feeling I have in my being is I want to just be in stillness and not have anything on any to-do list aside from be with my newborn, Um, then I've made that happen for myself. So for me, recording this podcast really is, uh, it's a self-care practice and um, I'm so excited because I know you completely get it (laughs) and uh, would probably do the same, right? If you were where I am. So uh, I have yet, of course, another list of beautiful questions from you, and uh, we'll see if this becomes one of those episodes where I answer one question and just sets the tone and the topic for the whole podcast, Um, or if I answer a bunch of them. But as usual, I have not heard these questions before, and if you want, you can take a moment with me here now just to close your eyes and ground into your body a little bit, get very, very present, and let's... Tune in. Hi, Rachel. This is also Rachel. I'm calling in from Colorado. I love you so much, and um, I would love your advice with something that I am struggling with. Um, and I know, I think I remember you sharing several um, podcasts about uh, body image and self-esteem, not feeling like you're enough from a physical standpoint, all the pressures from social media. Um, I am 24 years old, and I grew up, a lot of my teenage life was um, on social media, so I would just love to know how you navigate um, body image issues or um, anything related to that, and I love you so much. Thank you. Oh, hi, Rachel. Hi, hi, hi. Oh um I feel moved by this question in so many so many different ways all at the same time uh first of all, you're 24 I'm 34 I uh, I feel like I spent a lot of my life or I have spent a lot of my life immersed in social media uh, I was one of the last people in my friend group to get a to get a smartphone this was like back in yeah, back in 2012, I think. And I would had friends that have had had them for years and they had apps and I didn't even know what an app was, you know, I kind of resisted that for a little while and then got on my first smartphone, got on Instagram and boom, you know, that was the beginning of something and and I'm still in it, right? And sometimes I, I look back and I, I kind of, I can get a little bit of anxiety just feeling how how technological... Our lives have become, you know, how much I depend on this device, how much I depend on this screen, how hard it is to put it away. I feel anxious sometimes thinking about my daughter and what her future is going to be in terms of of, of technology and yeah, how much we rely on it and are completely immersed on it, in it, in every area of our lives. But then I compare, I compare you know my growing into this with my siblings. I have siblings your age, so I have two sisters that are 22, uh, and I have a brother that's 25, and a sister that's 26. And especially the 22-year-olds, um, particularly like that that generation, um, they and you, you know, really. The, the most formative years when we are kind of that preteen, you know, the 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 most sensitive, most vulnerable time. Like that was when most of that generation got got smartphones and 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 social media. And at least I feel like I got to I got to I got to have my teenage years protected from that at a certain in a certain way. And I can see a difference, you know, having grown up into that era where every single thing happens on social media and everything is shared on social media and how sensitive that is, and how how so much of our our, our view of the world and of course our view of ourselves is shaped by what we happen to come across on those devices. And I think in terms of body image, particularly as a young woman. Every generation is is a little bit fucked in different ways. I think we have to go really far back in history to get to a time where there wasn't massive societal pressure on women to look a certain way. And we all know how those trends change, right? And how the idea of the perfect body, you know, it changes every couple of years. When I was When I was a teenager, you were supposed to have a really tiny butt. The smaller the butt, the better. And then now where I feel like, you know, just a couple of years ago, it was the opposite. The bigger the butt, the better. And we know these trends are always going to change. And it's just so exhausting trying to keep up since we are just born in the body that we're we're born with. And I was going to say, and we can't change that. Well, (laughs) kind of unfortunately, like we can now we can do a lot to force ourselves to to be as as far away from our natural body type as as possible we can starve ourselves we can slave away at the gym we can have surgeries we can have cosmetic procedures you know there's lots of things now that are available to really really young people and when i was little i remember getting most of those images It was mainly magazines for me. I really loved those like girly young women's magazines and fashion magazines and things like that. Like when I was a a young teenager and then of course TV, but the way TV was then, uh, I remember watching Friends on TV and it was every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on Channel 5 in Sweden (laughs) and it was just one episode once a week, right? And there was those three girls, you know, Phoebe and Monica and Rachel and friends, they were always so incredibly skinny. And I saw them and I I kind of, I remember feeling like, especially Jennifer Aniston, I thought she was the most beautiful woman ever. And, uh, and I remember thinking a lot, like, I wish my body looked like hers, but it was 30 minutes, right? How long are that? How long is that show? It's like 30 minutes once a week. And then there was another show and there was something else, but it was a different thing entirely, like walking by a billboard on a bus or walking by a billboard in the subway station or opening a magazine that you then close and put away, watching a show. We didn't have that opportunity, endlessly binging, that when one ends, the next one just starts. Like We didn't have that. So I think the exposure that my generation has had to the very toxic, like, you know, early 2000s body standard, which was very, 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 I mean, horribly toxic. At least it was limited. At least it wasn't in my face all day because I could close that fashion magazine and go about my life, right? Whereas now, I feel like especially teenagers and young 20 year olds, it doesn't stop, right? You don't, you don't get to just Put your phone, I mean, put your phone away and and go about your life. Like your phone is there all the time, every moment of the day, all day long. We get all of our information, all of our interaction, everything happens. And it's right at the tip of our fingers at all times. And there's something about that that I find so absolutely terrifying. Really, really, really terrifying. Really, really, really scary. And I can see how easy it is to have your entire view of the world and your entire view of yourself and your beauty and your body and who you are, be completely, be completely controlled by what you encounter on this device. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years, and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy, and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned, and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using OCS body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. OCS products are infused with their signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. So I'm saying all of this just to kind of paint that picture of it's, it's, you're in a really tough place, like deeply, deeply tough place and i see that with my siblings to a point of yeah they have a different relationship to their phone than i do the phone is almost like i don't i don't know how to how to how to even articulate it for me the moments in my day where it's natural to put the phone away it's just not there in the same way it's like really like the phone is like a third hand and it's always there and it's always up and whenever there is a gap Or a moment of boredom or a little bit of space or walking from the house to the car or like all those little moments of just like normal life, like the phone is up, right, all the time. So it's increasingly challenging, I think, to really do something about the anxiety that comes along with the societal pressure of you're supposed to look a different way when you are exposing yourself to that 24-7, all day long. So the, the first thing that I would do, really, truly, of course, this work is inner work, it's spiritual work, it's emotional work, it's trauma work, doing work around our body image and self-acceptance and confidence. I mean, it's, it's huge healing work that we do on the inside. But if we're going to continue exposing ourselves to the same toxic stuff, it's not really going to make a big dent, right? Right. So I would, I would lead with that, like absolutely lead with that. Just evaluating what is my relationship with my phone? What is my relationship with social media? What am I actually watching? If I'm on TikTok all day or I'm on Instagram all day or wherever I am, what am I actually ingesting? What am I actually putting into my energetic space? And in a big way, like I'm putting that into my body. And if it's endless, endless, endless videos and images of people who look an unrealistic way or who, you know, kind of align with that really unrealistic, not very kind and soft and gentle version of what it's like to be a human being in this world, if it's stuff that doesn't, fill me up, that doesn't make me grow, that doesn't make me feel steadier in who I am. It has to be my responsibility to cut that off. No one else is going to do it for you. Society is not going to change. What you see on your screen is not going to change. You know, it has to be, it has to be you. And I am sharing this now as I'm, you know, a million weeks pregnant. I have no idea how much weight I've gained, but nothing fits me. And I have, a, like, if, as an example, I have one of my best friends. When she's pregnant, she just carries on wearing her clothes. <laughs> Super annoying. <laughs> um, but really, she gave me some of her like maternity jeans and she wore them all the way through pregnancy. I couldn't, I couldn't even get them over my thighs like halfway through. And I've had a lot of those moments throughout pregnancy where I just feel. An opportunity here to be really triggered. An opportunity here to ooh get like nervous about how much weight I'm gaining or how big I feel or ooh, and then had to consciously redirect and just put on something comfortable. So I'm also in this altered state where I'm not speaking from my regular place, right? Because pregnancy is, it's this high high of feeling. At least for me, feeling like I'm a goddess all the time. And then I get into a hole and I feel like a whale and it's the worst thing ever. And then I go back and I feel like mother earth. And then I sway into this, like, oh my God, nothing fits me. And then, you know, kind of oscillating in between. But in my regular life, I struggle too. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, who does not, who does not struggle? I feel like even the people who seem very, very grounded and down to earth, and sensible around things like weight, and beauty, and body image, like even those people struggle, like we are living in a severely fucked up society. And at least for me, the thing that the thing that actually helps the absolute most is for me to stay away from, <laughs> from my phone. And that goes for this 34 year old you know, I'm, I'm 10 years older than you. I feel like I've done so much work in this area. I feel most of the time very comfortable in my own skin, not all the time. And when I have cycles and seasons where I am scrolling on social media, I'm looking at other people's lives, I am just taking in the voices of the outside world, I almost immediately go down a track where I feel lesser than I do. Because what we're seeing, we're not, you know, we're not generally seeing people's real lives. We're seeing that little highlight reel of their lives. Even the body positive influencers, like I used to follow a bunch of them before, they started making me feel bad too. (laughs) I saw a video just came up in my feed about like, about something called hip dips, which was truly a term I didn't know. I never heard the term hip dips. Uh, And if you don't know what that is either, it's apparently when your outer hip doesn't go out outward, like in that kind of traditionally feminine, you know, hourglass shape, but you have like a little inward dip in the outer hip. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I guess this is a very normal term. I don't know, but she was putting up this whole video about hip dips are good. Like be proud of your hip dips. You should be brave and like wear your bikini as you are, don't cover up. And I was like, wait, am I supposed to feel like I'm supposed to be ashamed? (laughs) And I know that wasn't the intention of the video. She just wants to like, you know, make people feel more confident about their flaws. But even introducing that as a flaw or as something that isn't accepted, which for me in in my world, I I didn't know that. And I was like, oh, should I be like, I have those hip tips. Should I, should I hate them? (laughs) Should I? Is there is there something wrong? Like are other people looking at my hips thinking that that that's bad and I just never knew? Oh my god. You know, it's like <laughs> you see, like all of these things, the obsession with what we look like, the obsession with the body, with the outward, external appearance of the body, it's just it's 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 really too much. And I think it it's harmful in every every direction. So when I put my phone away and I'm not scrolling and I use my phone in purposeful, conscious ways, I feel better about myself in every way. And it's kind of interesting how that goes because we have so much FOMO. We feel like we're going to miss out. We have to be online all the time. But the less online we are, the better we feel. And then a couple of days pass and we realize like, hey, life's pretty good. I'm I'm kind of beautiful. Like I actually feel kind of good in my skin. At least that's the realization that I have all the time that it's the input from that mass consciousness of not enough, not enough, not enough change. Do something different, do something better, improve, lose weight, do this like that. Mass energy actually goes into my brain and taps me into that frequency where those are the thoughts that I start to think about myself. But when I'm in the moment, truly, just in my body, not connected to that mass energy of of generations of conditioning and fear and craziness, when I'm not tapped into that, I actually kind of like myself a lot. So I, I just I think the external, like the input that we take from the from the rest of the world is huge here and I I'm always doing work in that area and I I think I would really recommend that you that you do too. see if there's some boundaries you can set for yourself or scale some things away and then I think rather than when I get into one of those kind of funks and all of a sudden I start picking myself apart and sometimes that just happens I was in a low place sometimes there's something specific that triggers me I have family members with eating disorders that that talk in a very particular way about weight and appearance, and they can trigger me just from how they speak and how they kind of talk about other people. And you know, something can happen or, or it's nothing, and I just get into this funk. And I, all of a sudden, I look at myself and I'm like, "Oh, I have I have so many gray hairs. I really should should should. Call, I mean, I should just tone my hair. I can find like an organic." Organic one, I don't have to do the whole toxic thing, but I could do something about all the grays and whites because they're kind of everywhere now. And the wrinkles, I mean, I have new wrinkles every every week, <laughs> I really feel. Maybe I, there's some like new creams or something I could buy. Maybe I shouldn't, and sometimes I think maybe I shouldn't go for the organic, all natural stuff. Like maybe I should do some hardcore stuff just for the wrinkles and the anti-aging thing. And then, you know, I have these sunspots on my face. Like, should I do, should I laser them? I hear you can do something about that. And, you know, and then I go to my body and I feel just like flabby and out of shape. And, you know, it's just, I I start in one place and then my whole, I can just pick every single part of myself completely apart. And 10 minutes later, I can go through that whole conversation with myself of just being so hateful and negative and harmful toward myself. And then say 10 minutes later, I do something that puts me into my body. And that can be something as simple as like, I have a good cry. Like that's something that instantly just brings me here. I go for a cold plunge in the lake, like brings me right back in a non-pregnant state. Like I, I go for a run I roll up my yoga mat and I really, really move in a really intentional way. Leia comes home from school. Sometimes it's something like that. Like she comes home from school and she just runs from the car into the house. She can't contain herself. She's so happy to see me and she gives me the biggest hug. And I'm just like right there, you know, little things, some non-intentional, some very intentional. And the next time I pass by a mirror, I'm like, damn. Like I'm really cute, (laughs) you know, and all of a sudden I feel really feminine in my gray hair and I feel really good about just letting myself be the way I am. I don't notice those wrinkles in that way. You know, the sunspots are actually really like the freckles. I actually really like them. I don't want to cover them up. And I just look at my body and it's like a, it's like a really great body. (laughs) So it's so important that we catch ourselves in how our mind will flow from that worst case, horrible, I'm like a swamp monster to, damn, I'm, I'm great. Or even like, I'm good enough. You know, that kind of solid in-between place of just, I'm fine. How quickly that happens. And it's proof that it's not about the external you know if you feel really horrible about yourself in the morning or after you eat pint of ice cream on the couch in the evening and then the next day you go work out and after your workout you feel awesome and you think you look awesome, it's like nothing happened to your body in that time. like the the twelve hours that passed. you didn't magically change into a you know crazy unicorn and now everything's different. You look the same. People who see you when you walk down the street, you're the same person, same body shapes, you're 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 the same. The insides changed, right? It's your thought process about who you are and what you're worth and how much you like yourself and how present you are in your own body. That is the shift. And I think we are so caught up and in, 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 in confused and thinking that it is the external change that's going to validate us, that's going to make us feel good. So if I lose that weight, if I cover up those gray hairs, if I fix my face, if I do blah, blah, blah then everything will be great and I'll feel so confident and perfect. And no, you know, and yeah, we can make some external changes and feel fleetingly different, of course, of course. But that deep, like integral sense of contentment in who we are, it happens from the inner shift, not from the outer shift. So instead of when we feel terrible, obsessing about, okay, I need to work out more or eat less or do so-and-so, to immediately learn to shift tracks and realize, okay, this is not about that. This is about my inner workings right now. This is about something stressing me out. This is about a sense of pressure. This is about an old wound. What do I need to come back home to myself? What can I do right now? What can I offer myself to actually feel more at home? And it's not going to be that external thing. It's going to be that internal thing, right? So if we go for that every time, I feel like we can actually change how those tracks inside of our minds work. I feel like it works. I mean, I'm still I'm practicing it all the time. I'm having a lot of moments now in this pregnancy where I just stop giving a fuck. <laughs> you know? I literally wear a moo every day. I don't I stop wearing underwear because they don't fit. Even my biggest pregnancy underwear don't fit. And it's so uncomfortable. And I refuse to have anything cutting into my body anywhere. So I just put on like my daily moo-moo <laughs> and I just let it all hang. <laughs> and I just like flow. And I I tried putting on, I talked about this last week. I tried putting on makeup. I feel worse. I actually feel much better when I'm just letting myself be natural, letting myself be But I also know that I'm in this tricky place right now of pregnancy where as women we're kind of celebrated for being pregnant. All of a sudden those bellies that we are told our whole entire lives are too flabby, too big, too fat, need to be toned, need to be tight, need to be thin. All of a sudden we're celebrated and everyone is loving the belly and the belly is so beautiful and the belly is so purposeful and wow, wow. And then I know I'm going to get into postpartum time and I'm going to be in a really tricky place. Because all of a sudden it's like, ah, people are not, yeah, you know, (laughs) society, they they don't like that part so much. You know, that part is not, not very attractive. So how long does it take you to bounce back? Right? Like, are you like working on your, you know, getting back to where you were and getting back into shape and back and back? And... I know it's easier to feel confident at nine months pregnant than it is to feel confident at nine days, nine weeks, nine months postpartum. So I'm also not, I'm trying to not trick myself into like, oh, I have arrived at this perfect place of peace and body image because it's like, yeah, everyone, everyone tells a pregnant woman they're beautiful. We've been told that our whole lives. No one tells a postpartum person that they're beautiful, that they're, that the tummy and the pouch and the space that's left behind and the softness, that that's precious. Like we don't hear that, but it is. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. (coughs) Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This actually reminds me, I told this story once, it was a very long time ago. I did a cover shoot for a very big, I think the biggest like women's fitness, you know, Magazine in the US. And it was me and like a couple of other influencer people, like in the wellness industry. And we did a group cover for this really huge, massive magazine. And it was a group cover. And then we all had an individual, individualized cover that we did. And it was one of those things that came my way. I think I was six months postpartum or something. And it was, yeah, for two months after yeah, it had a little bit of time to like decide or maybe I was seven months postpartum and it was like the next month. But basically when I was eight months postpartum, you know, fully breastfeeding Leia, like in a really, yeah, it's like a really intense time. For me, that exact time was just really, really, really hard. And there came this offer to be uh, on the cover of this massive magazine. And how could I turn that down? You know, And I knew I didn't want to go. I knew I didn't want to leave her. I knew I couldn't take an eight-month-old for a 24-hour trip to LA from Aruba, which is like a 20-hour or like 16-hour crazy journey. So I I just knew I'm not going to do that to her. So I'm just going to go really quick, do this shoot, and then come back. And, um, And I wasn't my fittest self, right? I was... I was eight months postpartum, but I was eight months like very chill postpartum. I had not been working out. I had not been kind of pressuring myself or pushing myself. And I was really navigating this new body that I had. And I had really good days and then really, really bad days where I felt terrible. And And um, and there I was. And I was me and these fitness influencers that all had like a six pack abs. <laughs> where they were just really, 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 really skinny. And I get there, and I have never felt more horrible about myself in my entire life. I really, I, I I, hadn't. I felt so, I felt so out of place. And I just remember the whole memory I have of that shoot. It was like, there was, it was so cold. It was so There was not even a moment at the beginning of the shoot. Imagine they had like five women doing this big, important cover shoot together. No one introduced us. Like There was no moment where a person on set brought us all together and like, hey, you know, we've chosen you guys to do this amazing cover and, you know, meet each other and like like a moment of connection. There was none. Like no one actually got to like properly, (laughs) properly like get to know each other or meet each other. And then we were just in hair and makeup and wardrobe. And I just remembered the clothes they brought me, they were all too small. And I was there trying to kind of feeling like I had to explain, like I just had a baby, but I didn't just had a baby. It wasn't like I had a baby two months ago. It's like I had a baby eight months ago. I should should be fitter by now, right? Especially for like a wellness influencer person. Oh, there's a boat going by in case you can hear that sound in the background. And the clothes they brought, they just, they weren't good. So I remember this feeling of just standing in that changing room, having my whole hair and my whole face done, boobs aching and leaking and missing my baby and jet lagged and just being in a place where I felt really not accepted and really judged and just like a place I didn't want to be. And the clothes they brought me just didn't work. And I just remember feeling so much shame, like I should just sink through the floor and die, like it was so shameful. And finally they came back and they brought me some other options and I just knew I didn't want to be in like a sports bra and a low cut yoga pants. Like that's all I did not feel comfortable doing that. And finally they found something that worked, but I could kind of tell they didn't they didn't love it. It wasn't what they had in mind. I was not what they had in mind. I was supposed to be a yoga girl, you know this super skinny, fit, flexible, handstanding person, right? And then here I was, and I was, it was not quite that, right? And um, <laughs> we had to go to do the shoot. Group shots were were fine because we were active and doing things and it was like kind of more like in motion. And then when I did my like solo cover, I just remember feeling like I I don't think they want me here. And no one actually said that. It's just like a really intense feeling that I had. I don't think they want me here. And uh, did did some shots, did some shoots, and then did the shoot, got some shots. The photographer was very nice. And he kept like bringing me to look like, do you like this? Is this okay? And then, okay, let's do some more. Like he, It felt like he wanted me to feel good about what they were capturing. And after a while, I started relaxing a little bit and I started kind of warming up and he made me feel more comfortable. And then so I, I, I went back to look at the screen and I'm like, hey, it's, 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 it's good, actually. Actually, I'm not a swamp monster. And when I look back at that now, I was really, I was totally fine. Like there was nothing wrong with me at all. I, there's, there, I mean, <laughs> the vision I had in my head was really like worst. The worst thing I could imagine. And I look at that now and I'm like, dude, <laughs> I was so beautiful, right? I was eight months postpartum. I was, I was so beautiful. I really did. I was one of those people, I think objectively that kind of went back, you know, just not in the way I wanted it in my head. And so at the end of the shoot, I felt kind of like, okay, well, we got some good things and at least they were able to like cover up my not great areas and, and the guy, the photographer said, like, we got, we got some really good shots. They're really going to like this. Like, thank you. And he asked me about my baby. And it just made me feel like seen, you know, in the very end. So I left that shoot not feeling as horrible as I did when I came in. And then guess what? <laughs> the magazine, the cover comes out and every single one of these influencers like have the same kind of cover. And it's literally, you know, like a, Fitness magazine where it's like, it's always a woman, full body, always showing a lot of skin. Like she's in a bathing suit or she's in a sports top and a short or something in like a power pose or a pose that shows off the definition of the muscles. And, you know, it's like a full body thing. And all of them, like all four have the same kind of cover and my cover, they did almost only my face. So they cropped my body out. (laughs) Like I'm saying, telling this story now, I feel almost disbelief. Like I'm making it up. I did not make this up. Okay. They, 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 I think I got my boobs are in there. It's like a very zoomed in cropped in photo of mainly my face and my chest, but then right as like belly kind of waist area begins. Like it's yeah, that that's it. It's over. And it just felt like such a slap in the face. Like it just really solidified it for me that this was really real, really true. It wasn't just in my head. They actually had editors and people at that magazine and they decided, "Uh uh-uh, this girl is not fit enough to be on the cover of this magazine. This girl is too fat, too flabby, too soft, too postpartum. But they couldn't go back. They couldn't kick me out of the group, right? Because I was already on the group cover and everything. So they just chose a really zoomed-in version of me, where you don't where you don't have to look at that at that body. And I mean, it's like thinking of this now. Like I could get a little weepy about it because it's such a. I don't think there's any single one mean person at that magazine that made a, you know, a decision to be harmful or hurtful or anything. But that's the culture that's the culture we live in. That's the society that we live in. And now there's like some, you know, um, there's exceptions to that rule now where they intentionally take bigger people, putting them on the covers of magazines to ride the body positivity wave, right? To show that we're inclusive and everyone's allowed. And this was like before that, you know, this was like, (laughs) and I'm not saying that I'm a, Uh, that I'm an overweight or fat person or anything like that. And fat is not a bad word. I'm just saying I didn't fit in with the standard of what they wanted there. And they made it so obvious and so clear. And at the time, I just remember feeling so much shame, I couldn't talk about it with anybody. I think I told Dennis, I'm like, I, I told him about the experience, of course. Like I felt horrible and I really felt, I never felt so ugly. I never felt so like I didn't fit in. It really was not a good thing. And, And, but I didn't tell him the ins and outs of like, I actually felt like deep shame that I wasn't good enough because my body is different now. And talking about this even shakes me a little bit, to be honest, because it's such a, you know, black and white kind of, this is what it is. This is the world that we, that we live in. And I am not in any way a marginalized person. I can go into any store and find clothes that fit me and there's people <laughs> in this world so many who don't have that privilege and the whole entire fashion world and beauty world and what the standard is it's not what people actually look like you know it's not what the majority of people who buy the clothes who buy the makeup it's not it's not what people are <laughs> we're not the size 0 size 2 whatever super fit crazy to like that's, that's that's not it's not it's not what the majority of us are but we're being sold this great big fat lie that it's what we're supposed to be and if we are that then people will love us and we'll be accepted and we'll fit in and maybe if we just spend more money on that thing or that thing or we buy those clothes or we take that exercise class or we get that treatment or we go through that surgery or that diet or you know, we're always just like one little fix away from feeling like we belong. But it's not true. It's not true. We can fix and fix and change and change and and no, it's not gonna magically one day just just happen. So I love how this became a whole a whole episode. So it's our responsibility to heal this for ourselves. Yes, the world is fucked and we can blame the world and you know, which is true and we should. It's not it's not our fault that this is the way things are, but it is what it is. And we can choose to continue engaging in that and live our lives kind of enslaved to that. Or we can choose to to step out and step away. And I think that process of of stepping away from those standards, stepping away from that culture, it's okay to step out and step back in, and then step out and step back in, and kind of flow back and forth. and And I think that's how that's how I'm I'm doing it now in most most of my most of my days, where I know I feel best, you know, pregnant or not pregnant, I feel best wearing no makeup, with my hands in the soil, you know working outside, moving my body purposefully, being in my body, doing the things that put me into a present place where I am embodied. Like that's, that's where I feel the best. And it's also when I feel most beautiful and then I flow back into something else or I get invited to like a party or I got to go be in the real world, right? And look human, (laughs) look, look like an adult, And I start the fixing and I kind of, you know, do the thing and I put some makeup and then I pick myself apart again. And, and that's okay. That's okay. It's a lot of conditioning to undo. It's not going to happen overnight. And my guess is that as women, we're going to be doing this for the rest of our lives. (sighs) Yeah. I just want to, the older I get, spend less and less and less time Judging and thinking about my body and my appearance and more and more time just living life with this body as a vessel to feel and experience and and be here in this beautiful fucking world. Like how many amazing moments have we had ruined for ourselves by feeling self-conscious, by feeling not confident, by feeling insecure, by um, I can't even count the amount of times that I you know, didn't enjoy like time spent on a beach because I felt really fat. Times where I, you know, chose not to go for a swim with friends because I didn't shave my legs. I mean, so many big moments that were just, and then I look back at them and objectively, I was so beautiful and perfect and there was not a single thing wrong with me. And I kind of have that feeling that 10 years from now or five years from now, I'm going to look back at myself now and go, wow, I was so beautiful. Then why didn't I appreciate that? And we never do. We appreciate it later. We see, oh, we were so beautiful then. And I think that's the thing. Like We see ourselves through that lens of looking at ourselves from from a place of essence and core and truth. And We're always beautiful. Always, always the way we are and i don't want to be that 90 year old woman concerned with her weight and her appearance i mean it's not it's it's just a waste of a life and i really hope we can kind of yeah start that shift now start that change now and not have to wait and also knowing that the 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 changes that we make in how we think and how we act and what we engage with, what we allow, it also changes things for people around us. And if we're parents, you know, this is crucial, crucial. Like how I talk about myself is how Leia will think about herself. I know that. And I hear a lot of my mother's voice in the back of my head about being too big or being too fat or being not fit or being not good enough because it's what I heard her say all the time. And not from spite or malice, but because that those were the voices in her head. And that's what her mom was thinking about. I mean, oh, <laughs> we can go back and back and back. and And yeah, and it's worse now. And it's harder for us because of the devices that we're on all day. And because we never get a break. So we have to make those breaks for ourselves. We have to carve that space out for ourselves. And for me, the... The mere thought, no, the fear that Leia one day is going to look at herself in the mirror and and think something not great about her body. You know, we haven't arrived at that place yet. Or the idea of big or small or fat or skinny or like we've never, she's never heard those those words, those conversations spoken. And I, there's a limit to how long I can protect her from that. I mean, really, but I know it doesn't matter how much, it doesn't matter like what I say and how much I I tell her she's beautiful and it's about how she feels and we're all good enough the way we are. And if I spend a lot of time scrutinizing myself and judging myself, even quietly, like that's the energy that she's going to be absorbing. I can't just hate myself a little bit sometimes and then think that she's going to grow up, you know, in a place of complete self-love and feeling like being a woman and being a mother is loving yourself. And I'm just quietly hating my body. Like that's gonna not affect her. No. And sometimes going that route where I look at from the lens of parenting and from how I want her to feel about herself, it makes it easier to make those decisions for myself that fuck no, no, I'm never going on a diet, not in my entire life I will never move my body as punishment. I'm never going to go down this path of not good enough, so fix something. No. And if I'm going to ever change anything, it's from a place of what brings me more joy, what makes me feel good. Like That's the central piece of this, what makes me feel really, really good. And that for you could be, it makes me feel really good to work out every day. Then fuck yeah, work out every day makes me feel really good to eat this certain way. Then you eat that certain way. For me, it makes me feel really good to not think of that stuff. You know, to have the ice cream, <laughs> to, 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 to not have any pressure around how much I move my body or how I do it. I'm talking now non-pregnancy times because as we speak, I cannot even, I drop something on the floor. Someone else has to pick it up for me, so <laughs> But you know what I'm talking about, right? Like for me, success in this area is not thinking about it, is having it not dictate my life. And uh, I feel like I'm really on a soapbox here. But this is a huge deal, big deal. And it affects our lives in every single way. Every single way. I remember, this like hurts me to share, on my wedding day, and I look at the pictures of myself on our wedding day and it's, I, 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 I don't look like a goddess. Like I, I am a goddess. <laughs> it is the photos, like how I shine, how happy I am. There's a glow in every single photo of me from when the day I married Dennis. It's just like, I, I genuinely am so beautiful. And that morning I had like a bad, I had like a bad moment where all of a sudden I felt super fat. I felt like my arms were really flabby. I decided like the dress doesn't look good on me anymore. I should put on like a cover. So I had, it was like a little jacket, like a little sweater jacket thing that really was not fitting with the dress. It was just something that I had in case it would get cold, I think, which June in Sweden could be. We actually had like a little bit of rain that day it was like it was not it's not like a sunny summer super day and um and I remember like having my this beautiful very natural makeup done like my hair had a tiara and flowers in my hair I had this gorgeous dress I mean I felt I, I was so beautiful and I was like I think I'm gonna cover up with this ugly jacket and all my friends and all my bridesmaids were like what are you doing and I'm like well I think I think I want to wear this thing and they're like no no <laughs> why would you do that and i had lied and i was like well it's a little chilly don't you think it's better and they all looked at me like i was just the most insane person alive and i think one of them was like hell no take take that off i was like okay 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 fine it's fine it's fine i'll be i'll 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 be good like this but i had that you know and then i was like nervous at what would that look like and what if i didn't what if i didn't feel good what if i wasn't skinny enough And I look at those pictures and I'm such a skinny little, I'm such a skinny little asshole, (laughs) okay, 25 years old, you know, and I look at I. I, there's nothing wrong with me in any way. And I, as I said before, like at 35, I'm going to look back. I mean, at 35, I'm looking back or 34, I'm looking back and I see that when I get to 45, I'm going to look back at myself, probably postpartum and I'm going to go, wow, you know? What glorious beauty? How could I spend, how could I waste time not loving myself? How could I waste a single second thinking about bullshit, unnecessary, waste of time stuff like that? Like, how could I waste that time and that energy not feeling good enough? And then I'm going to be 55 and I'm going to look back at myself at 45. So it's like, let's feel good now. Let's look at ourselves like that now. Let's change that voice in the back of our heads now. (sighs) Yeah, the time really, really is now. And I think we do have the power to make a change. So hopefully, maybe future generations, it doesn't have to be as hard. I don't know if that's true, if it's getting worse and worse or better. Like I genuinely don't know. I don't know. I just know I don't want to waste this one life that I have feeling not good enough because of what I look like. No, no, and neither should you. I, uh, (laughs) I'm going to step off of my soapbox now. I feel like this is a topic we're going to pick back up. I'm definitely going to be honest with you when it comes to postpartum thoughts and yeah, what happens with my body and what my body moves through. The marathon of being pregnant and the absolute massive physical, emotional exertion of giving birth and then nursing and not sleeping at night, all the stuff that comes with that. And I know it's going to come with body image challenges and issues and thoughts and judgments. And I promise I'll be really honest about that journey so we can kind of walk that path together a little bit thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care of your body. You only have one. Take care of your heart. Take care of yourself. And, uh, I'll be back next week, maybe with a birth story. Oh my God. I don't know. This is, this is past Rachel speaking. Okay. Remember. (laughs) Okay. I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.